One percenters, welcome to another episode of the One Percent Podcast with your host, myself, David Nurse. Thank you for being here with me. You could be anywhere else, listening to anything else, and you're spending your time with me, the most valuable asset we have. And as we see how true that is during this time, this time of crazy world quarantine and the coronavirus, and it's a time where you can look at this as something that we just got to get out of and it's a horrible thing, or you can look at it as an opportunity to spend more time with the ones you love, to really work on your passion projects, and to really improve yourself in all areas. And today's guest is going to help you improve your nutrition. Improve your nutrition, and if you've ever wanted to burn fat or figure out the key to igniting how to burn fat, this is the episode for you. Welcome to the podcast, a good friend of mine, one of the top nutritionists in the world, Kate Shanahan. Dr. Kate, her new book, The Fat Burn Fix, coming out literally today, today it's out on Amazon, it will ship to you. Kate goes into the research, the science, the history of how to literally turn yourself into a fat burning machine, driving your food addictions that hijack our moods and our habits while making it basically impossible for us to control our weight. Now you can detoxify your body and turn that igniter on with all the fat burning capabilities. And Kate goes deep into this in the podcast. So, so good. I've listened to it three times back through just to really make sure I know these five important rules to fix your fat burn. And she's going to go through each of these. So you walk out of this, when you're done listening to this podcast, you will have tools in your back pocket to become the best fat burning machine that you can be. Thank you so much, Kate Shanahan, for gracing us with your presence on this 1% podcast. And if you guys like this episode, go to the iTunes podcast app and leave a review. Let me know what you think, any guests that you want me to have on, and it really any comments. I'd love to hear from you, and I shout out everybody who has who leaves a comment on Instagram, David Nurse NBA. So one percenters, buckle up. Got a great episode in front of you. Here we go. Here it is, Chili Pad, ChiliTechnology.com. These guys are my favorite, not just because their product is amazing, and ChiliPad actively manages the body's temperature to deliver a magical, deep sleep, great REM, makes you feeling like you've woken up just fully rested and recovered to attack the day, but the people they are. I know them well, and they are some of the best people that will care for you, make sure that you are absolutely getting the most out of every night's sleep. And think about it, too. You're going to save a ton of money just because you don't have to turn the air conditioner down to 60 degrees. This chili pad or the Uller, it's going to regulate your body's temperature to sleep in the cold. Cool sleep is magical sleep. And luckily for you, they're great friends of mine and they've given me a code to give you a super discount. DNBball25 at checkout gets you 25% off the chili pad. DNB Ball 10 gets you 10% off the Uller at checkout. Go to chilitechnology.com. All of this will be linked in the show notes and start sleeping like a baby today.
Let's dive into the fat burn fix with Kate Shanahan. Kate, let's first talk about the reason that you wrote this book. You're an unbelievable seller in a quarter of a million of deep nutrition, which goes completely, like it says, deep into the nutrition book. But what made you motivated or see the need for writing the fat burn fix? There has yet to be a book that helps people lose weight that meets them where they are first, that like assesses their metabolic health and then meets the result of that test to their particular solution. And like, I mean, I know there's been stuff that's kind of similar-ish sounding like people say that, oh, well, eat right for your type, does that? Or then there's other ways of assessing your type, like whether you're an endomorph or an ectomorph and stuff like this. But none of that is um, like as science based. None of that is based on a paradigm that everyone agrees is reality, right? right? So in a way, this is like, I call this like the first reality-based weight loss book. Uh, and um, the reality that everyone agrees on is that if you cannot burn your body fat, you will not lose body fat, so you won't lose weight. And if you can burn your body fat, well, then you will. So what the fat burn fix does is it assesses how well you're burning your body fat. And based on that, that's all, Based on that, whether you can burn it really easily or not so easily, and I divide people up into four categories based on the results of, of a quiz I call the Fat Burn Factor um, nice. questionnaire. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that quiz. I saw that. I, I really like the way that you break down this book into the different the different sections. So it's not just like you just read it straight through and then it's done. You can come back to any time, any section. It's very easily digestive. Uh, let's talk about the quiz. So. Uh, how does this how does this show the way that you are able to burn fat because you you mentioned eating the foods right for your body which is which is really surface level to say but that's what most people say so yeah. this is a dive into actually how to do it and getting your metabolism ignited what does the quiz really bring out so what it does is it assesses there's four your metabolism is made yes. up of four nice. systems and I, I divide those up in the book so people can come to understand them and why they matter. But the, so just real quickly, one is the energy producing parts of your cells called the mitochondria. The second are the hormones that regulate your uh, fat building versus fat burning, fat storage, basically versus fat release. The third is your body fat itself, like the adipose tissue under your skin. And fourth is the most, the fourth is the most complicated one. These are all based on actually increasing order of complexity. Um, so the most complex are the appetite regulation centers in your brain, which mm. are supposed to make maintaining optimal body composition an effortless thing, the very effortless thing that it was hundred years ago when you take a look at, you know, old movies or old photos and everybody was thin. Mm-hmm. It's not because they were starving or, you know, they couldn't find food. Rich, rich people were thin. And it's not because they were working their fingers to the bone and, you know, not playing video games. I mean, that doesn't help, right? That we do that. But their, <laughs> their, their metabolism was working properly and their metabolism, the cool part of, of the brainy part is that in your brain, there's all these sensors that tell you whether or not your, your body has enough energy, whether or not you need to eat and they auto-regulate so that like, 
Like if you don't eat enough for a while, you start getting really hungry and famished, but not for like carbs and sugar, but for actual nutrition. So you'll be like eating, wanting to eat like high protein, natural foods. And if you do overeat, well, it'll all auto-regulate so that what what happens is your appetite goes down and your interest in um, eating food goes down. But what goes up is your desire to move around and be Mm -hmm. active. So like kids, like, you know, well, when back a while ago, I don't know if you can even say this anymore about kids, but kids are like bundles of energy, right? Because we are born as fat burners and our metabolism is born healthy, you know, majority speaking. And what happens though is over time, certain things happen to our body fat because of the modern diet. And that changes everything. It changes all four of the fat burning systems. And so the quiz assesses which of your systems are functioning the best and which are functioning the worst. And just so you can understand like what's going to improve quickly too, because one thing that makes this book um, different is that I don't tell people your goal is to lose weight, at least not until you're ready. Some people, honestly, if you can't burn your body fat, I can't be a good doctor and in good conscience tell you, I want you to lose weight before you're really able to burn your body fat optimally, because that actually can deepen the metabolic problem. And, and the reason I, one of the other reasons when you ask like, why did you write this? It's because I'm so saddened by like I, uh, the fact that so many people work so hard to follow a diet, but, and they lose weight. They do, they lose weight. And they, they, maybe they go to a doctor or they go to follow a keto diet online. But especially I, this really hit home when I was traveling around the country, going to weight loss doctors, uh, before I opened up my own office. And I, uh, just wanted to see how people did it. And I looked at the charts of one of the most well-established weight loss doctors in the whole country who'd been practicing for 40 years in the same spot. So he had a lot of data and a lot of charts. And I would just see the same zigzagging, but gradually increasing weight line over the course of decades. In other words, you know, somebody came in and maybe they were 200 pounds and they'd go down to like 120. And then a few years later, they came in and they were 210 pounds and they would go down to maybe 140 and up and up and up gradually over time. And every time they would feel it was their fault. Like they never, they would always be like, Oh my God, you're the best doctor. I just, <laughs> I, I just, I, I fell off, you know, I, I lost willpower and they would blame themselves. But I'm saying that, no, I know these doctors are nice people and everything, but when they say, or when they play along with the game of like, I'm going to help you lose weight fast because that that's what you need to stay motivated. That's not good medical advice, period. And I don't, I don't do that. I don't do that in this book. So I, I know in a way it might be disappointing to a lot of people who are like, oh God, I, I lost weight so many other times. I know this time's going to be different because I'm going to keep it off this time. But okay, maybe, yes, maybe you will. Maybe you will actually do the keto diet, which actually really can help a lot of people. Maybe you'll do all the right things. Maybe that, that does happen, but I want to give you less maybes. I want to give you a for sure. And, and that's what knowing where you are with your ability to burn your body fat, knowing how those fat burn systems all work together, and then knowing exactly what you need to do first. What are you, how do you build a breakfast? What are you going to experience after you build the right breakfast? How do you know if you built it wrong? And um, same with lunch, right? So, so I just one step at a time. 
Okay, that's perfect. This is the 1% podcast where everything is about taking 1% steps, daily improvements to improve yourself, to be able to improve others. And you hit the nail literally on the head. I want to give you less maybes. I want to give you a for sure. That's so powerful. And what you talk about is, is the difference in building habits and building a lifestyle compared to just willpower. I'm going to push through this because willpower will not last, but habits and a lifestyle will last. And I love in the book how you talk about when you implement these, these habits into your nutrition, into your eating routine, it just becomes second nature. Like after 28 days to make a habit, it's, it's just what you do. But the willpower where you have to tell yourself you can't eat this or can't eat that or can't eat that brings negative connotations. And, and we're just able not, not able to keep that up. So, That's right. Yeah. Yesterday, I was talking to, oh, not yesterday, last week, Friday, I was, um, when I was in the office last, I have a patient there who um, he was a diabetic. Um, he was 250 pounds. And this was a year ago. And... Um, about six months ago, we did a really cool thing to help him create new habits around vegetables because he, he mm. was uh, vegetable phobic. Right? <laughs> he, he literally, literally, I really mean it. Like this is part of the appetite centers in your, in your brain. They can, they control whether or not you like vegetables. And we rehabilitated that. And what had happened is when awesome. he was little, his mom used to force him to eat broccoli that was kind of like overcooked and because she didn't know she thought she was told like everybody at this time that butter was unhealthy was going to clog your arteries she didn't want to give her child (laughs) butter so he just had to sit there and chew gnaw on that horrible tasting broccoli and it was traumatic for him so to it, it, it spilled over into other vegetables too, but certainly broccoli was off of his list. Well, guess what we did? We, <laughs> we blocked my husband and I, Luke, he, he came up with this idea. We thought it'd be fun to have them play a little game where we blindfolded them and have him and his wife came in for this and have them guess what vegetable they were eating. And, um, we gave them four vegetables and one of them was broccoli and, and none of, they didn't get any of them with a the blindfold on. But when we took the blindfold off, he was like, Oh, that one's broccoli. The other three was like, it was like carrots and um, cucumber and a, like a red bell pepper. And they didn't even recognize those. This is how unfamiliar a lot of people are with vegetables. And, um, but when the thing that he said that got like shocked me was, mm-hmm. Oh, the broccoli wasn't that bad. Uh, like he didn't know it was broccoli. And so he was open to the experience all over again. And plus it was fresh, right? It was not cooked. These were raw vegetables. And so um, he was like, that wasn't bad. And, and now, um, because this is because of what you said that 21 days, he said it was hard for three weeks to get used to having the broccoli and the vegetables instead of what he was used to, which was um, the tradition in Puerto Rico is sweet bread and rice. So he said that was hard that, that, that 21 days that truly was hard, but he says it's easy now it's a habit and he's kids are developing these habits too of all ages because they're watching what's happening to him and it's a slow process and it's never going to happen overnight and if you're insisting that you know you shred 60 pounds of fat (laughs) in six months or whatever um and if you're insisting on that then i just feel like okay maybe you will maybe you can do it you know 
and I don't want to have you give up on that, but I just don't think that's the best way. That's why that's, that's, I want to get rid of the maybe and give you a for sure. It's beautiful. And I always laugh when people say, oh, 30 days to get ripped or these programs or even three months. Like it's, it's absolutely not going to happen. And it's just like anything that happens quickly in life that you even like, if you win the lottery or something happens, it's just given to you. It's going to go away because you haven't built the foundation. You haven't built uh, the lifestyle to implement that. And you do a great job in this book of showing, Hey, this book isn't for you. If you're trying to get this seven days, ripped abs it's it's over a process of learning how to how to make this a lifestyle and it's a really good point that you make with uh with the different tasting of the broccoli i love it because when i grew up my mom would make brussels sprouts and she'd throw them in the microwave and they were horrible and i hated them literally like my worst favorite food now my wife makes them she cooks them in the oven olive oil sea salt this great seasoning and it's my favorite food literally on planet earth it's just, wow. it's crazy. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. It's crazy the way that we can, I mean, have a connotation of something that's not good for us and then replace it with something that is. But speaking on that too, on vegetables, I also love how your approach, and you go through it in this book, it's not just about one type. It's not, hey, ketogenic is what's going to make it work or this popular carnivore diet is what's going to do it. It's a whole, a whole foods base and there's not just, one thing. It's just consistency in nutrition, whole foods over time. Well, that's because my paradigm is, hey, the goal here is burn your body fat. So I don't have any other agenda. I don't have like, oh, well, you can't eat plants or, oh, well, you can only eat plants. I don't have any other agenda. It's really just what does it take to help you burn your body fat? And so that might mean, that that means that if you are, whether you're a carnivore or a vegan, these, these assessments will still give you meaningful information on what to do. And um, the steps are still going to help you move from one state to an improved state of health. So I have like the four categories of fat burners and even the top one, like the score is down, it's a, the quiz is scored from zero to a hundred. Mm-hmm. And so I've broken it up uh, in 25 point segments. And even the best one is down at 75. And, you know, a lot of people who've taken that, a lot of people have taken the test in my clinic now and nobody's yet to score a hundred when they first start out with me. And, um, so that means even if you are like a, an athlete, even if your weight is normal, chances are really good that you are, there's more waiting for you if you become an optimal fat burner. And, and then of course, the other side of this is getting you to, you know, getting people off drugs, right? So (laughs) getting people who are diabetic or who have heartburn or even have had heart failure or heart problems, heart attacks, getting them to that healthy state where they don't huff and puff and get out of breath when they bend over to take off their shoes and socks, like a lot of people do when they first come to my office. Um, Or, you know, so the, the, the thing that connects the optimization whether you are an athlete or, you know, a 75-year-old uh, grandmother who has type 2 diabetes and is on insulin, the thing that connects your improvement is optimizing your ability to burn your own body fat. That's spot on. And, and, and continue to go on that point, when you talk about a whole section on metabolism, sometimes that is a word that people just throw around like, oh, you're lucky to have a fast metabolism. And no one really 
not a whole lot of people really know what that means or how to speed up your metabolism and ignite it and optimize it. Can you talk a little bit on the best ways of we can all just make that metabolism a fat burning machine? So metabolism refers to a lot of things, depending who you're talking to. I define it in the book. What I'm talking about is your body's ability to produce energy for itself. Yes. And so the, the, that's why I, break, I have to break up the metabolism into four systems because there's a lot there that regulates our body's ability to produce energy for itself. And the key thing that is really the secret to optimizing your fat burn is understanding the nature of your body fat is what determines whether or not you can burn it easily or whether or not it resists burning. And and when it resists burning, your metabolism is damaged. The more easily you can burn it, the healthier you are. And the more it resists burning, the more your metabolism is damaged. And the one thing that damages the human metabolism in this day and age more than anything else is this fact. And it's something nobody's really emphasized. It is a fact that most people without even knowing it are eating a ton of weird factory fats refined from seed oils. We are not eating whole food-based fats, and we are certainly not eating um, the amount of animal fat that we did 100 years ago. And that is what damages our metabolism first and foremost, more than anything else. So, so like you can say, okay, well, I know what about like being organic or GMOs or, or even gluten, stuff like this. Okay, those things could be considered the first thing to consider. It's like if air doesn't have oxygen and people were suffocating and could barely move, like if instead of 20% oxygen, we had 10%, uh, then you could, you could try to like coach people to be better basketball players or <laughs> whatever. But really what you want to do is up their ability to get more oxygen, right? Whether it's oxygen tanks or, or just, you know, that's the thing to focus on. The thing to focus on when it comes to burning body fat and healthy metabolism is the health of your body fat. We need to get rid of these things that have built up in there from eating too much vegetable oil, which are called, get ready for a science name, oh, yeah. polyunsaturated fatty acids. Yep. Those are kind of like the opposite of saturated fat. Like you see saturated fat on the nutrition label sometimes. These are like the opposite. These are unstable fatty acids. And that's the reason they cause health problems is because they are unstable. And when, when we try to use these things, our cells try to burn them for energy. They don't get energy the way they're supposed to. Instead, they start producing free radicals and inflammation and they actually produce heat. And so I, one of the questions on the fat burn quiz that helps assess like the health of your body fat is what happens to you when say you are like rushed at work and you have to you know, um, I don't carry something across the room or go up a flight of stairs or something. And it's something that you don't normally have to do. Do you like get like over, do you get almost like a hot flash? Do you get a sweat with that? And because you might be surprised to hear this, but you know, a lot of people are, are suffering with, I get, I just get so hot when I'm active and they just, feel bad. It's like a hot flash. It comes over you. It makes you feel bad. Surprising number of people 
have say yes to that. And they assumed it's just because something about the hormones, especially menopausal age women assume this, or they assume it's because, well, I just, I'm carrying around extra weight, but it's actually because their energy producing systems are so um, damaged that it's like having an engine that overheats really easily in your car. Um, it, it, it's, it's exactly that. It just, when you try to go somewhere, when you really step on the gas, you overheat your engine. So you can't go as fast anymore. That's literally the same analogy. Okay. That is so powerful. Think of it. Like if we put these PUFAs, polyunsaturated fats into our body, it's basically like, Hey, let's say we are a Ferrari and it's putting the worst kind of gas into us. So giving the people this step and this knowledge that if you just look out for PUFAs, these bad seed oils and know these bad seed oils and don't eat them, that's going to increase your metabolism, your fat burning rate in itself alone. Not about doing extra, but taking stuff out. So would you say like that? I mean, that, that's such a like now I, I mean, I know this, but it's also you got to look at these these ingredients because they sneak a lot of them in. And what you think might be healthy sometimes at Whole Foods is actually not. So you really got to be aware. But once you're aware of it and you build this into a lifestyle, then it becomes easy to do. So love it. Amazing. I want to talk about, because you brought, um, you know, we all want, we, you brought up that we don't really understand what a metabolism is. So I wanted to see when we're talking about like, what are we speeding up exactly? What we're speeding up has a lot to do with our hormones. So this is where the other fat yeah. burn system comes in, the hormones that regulate energy. We're speeding up the efficiency by which you go from taking the food that you just ate and putting it, getting it out of your bloodstream, putting it into storage, building muscle with it, whatever. Um, and so clearing all the stuff that you just ate out, putting that away, and then quickly flipping from burning the calories in your last meal to burning the calories in body fat rather than mm-hmm. calories in your stored sugar and your sugar, sugar stores. So you store sugar in your liver and your muscles store sugar. So your liver stores it so it can send some to your, some to your brain and your muscles store it so that if you do intense exercise, you have access to um, energy at like at the drop of a second, right? So, um, so that you don't necessarily need to mobilize your body fat stores if you have just eaten. But it's, we're talking about the speed at which you go from storage mode in your metabolism to burning mode in wow. your metabolism. And then the, the ease at which you end up burning your body fat as opposed to sugar. So the, because even if you are really unhealthy and you go on a crash diet and, you know, you do a bunch of exercise, you will burn your body fat. But what the, what it takes to do that is a Herculean effort on the part of your adrenal glands, which have to produce more cortisol. And they also have to produce more adrenaline because adrenal glands and adrenaline, the cortisol and the adrenaline team up to help your body burn body fat. If you're not a good fat burner, you can kind of force it, right? Like kind of the sort of like what the second wind, we had, that used to be a term, second wind when you're a, 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 like a distance runner, you would get this second wind. Well, what happens is you're kind of like revving up your um, adrenaline and loosening up the fat that doesn't really want to be burned. It's kind of resistant to it. So 
but so when you improve your metabolic health, it doesn't take anywhere near the amount of adrenaline or cortisol, or maybe even none to be able to start burning your body fat. You don't have to exercise. You don't have to go to extreme calorie restriction. You'll just be burning nice. your body fat. Nice. Okay. This is so interesting. I'm like, I'm very, very intrigued to this. I mean, read the entire, entire thing in depth. And in all this 1% podcast, we have a big NBA following of people that love the NBA and NBA athletes. And just like, let's talk about this elite level athlete. Because obviously this book is for literally everyone, which which I love. Like who doesn't, who says, hey, I want to be fatter. I want to be un- more unhealthy. Nobody. And if you make it easy and simple for people to realize they can burn fat without having to kill themselves in the gym, so powerful. But let's jump into the elite of the elite. Let's say we're trying to make, which you worked with the Los Angeles Lakers. You worked with the best of the best. We're trying to make these athletes to the optimal body fat percentage. Is there a certain number that's just too low? Can we reach a certain number? I mean, specifically for myself, I've been able to get to a low percentage, but but sometimes it wasn't always best for, for hormones. And so l- let's talk on optimizing elite NBA athletes' body fat. Yeah, that's a really good question. So the better you are at burning body fat, the the more that a little bit goes a long way. In other words... Um, your brain is going to drive you nuts with hunger if your body fat percentage gets down too low. So you might've experienced that yourself. (laughs) I think so. But the better you are at burning your body fat, the less you need in order for your brain to relax and chill out and say, look, I got plenty of energy here. So I know I'm down to like 6%, but I can access that easy enough. So I'm not going to make this person hungry all the time. And we don't really know the number, believe it or not. I I don't know because we haven't had enough people be optimal body fat burners and get their body fat percentage tested. I mean, we could start to run that experiment if we, you know, uh, if we were testing their ability to burn body fat and asking them, how do they feel uh, with regard to hunger and checking their body composition. Um, we can start doing that. You can, I, we can start doing that today if you want. <laughs> I would love to do it. I'd love um, but, to be your test subject. You just, <laughs> you just tell me, I want to take this quiz. It, it, any, yeah, any, the mouse test subject, I'll be that mouse. <laughs> so the, the, the medical literature says that 10% is the bare minimum threshold below which your body does enter panic mode. And what that translates to is your, things sort of start to shut down. Like the, um, what the body considers optional metabolic things like Mm -hmm. um, sperm production, right? Or hair production or or nail production, right? So you might notice that uh, if you get your body fat percentage down that low, well, you might have decreased libido or your hair might be different. Your nails might be different. They might not, your skin might not heal quite as quickly because your, your body fat is below the, the mode by which you are able to efficiently use the, uh, you're not a good enough fat burner at that point. And so you're, sometimes you're converting protein into sugar. So that's kind of like why people start to feel crummy and why, uh, your hormones might change because 
you're not using resources properly. Your body's not able to use the protein that you get because you're just you're barely yeah. squeaking by, essentially. So we don't really know what that number really truly is because yeah. definitely it's going to be different depending on your genetics, what your parents ate, the epigenetics and stuff that uh, I mentioned in deep nutrition that mm-hmm. kind of set you up for um, what is your potential mass amount of lean body mass, actually. So um, all the basketball players that you work with, they are in the top 1% for mm-hmm. sure of the lean body mass that their body is willing to produce. Um, like my body was not willing to make me any taller than five foot, five and a half, for example. However, my sister, um, she's five foot 10. So, oh, so that man. was genetically set up at, maybe, but also my sister was really a carnivore. She was like the original carnivore <laughs> she would, when she was two, she was still like in, or still in her like special booster chair, high chair thing. We would all give her our bones, <laughs> scraps, and she would gnaw on the uh, cartilage at the end of it. Like we didn't have a dog, but my sister. <laughs> me and your sister are already very good friends. That's another <laughs> one of my favorite food. You give me a bone or like a ribeye, I'll gnaw on that all day. Unfortunately, it didn't give me to be 6'10", but hey. <laughs> But yeah, so, so like different people may have different thresholds of bare minimums. Like some people may want, may be able to get down to like 4%. And obviously you might ask the question, well, why? I mean, if you look fantastic at 10%, why less? Well, the, the, the saying you can never be too rich or too thin is (laughs) like so true because you can always weigh a little bit less. And if you're an athlete and you weigh a little bit less, then you can just jump a tiny little bit higher, a little bit more often and so on. So I, while I, I am not an advocate for eating disorders and, you know, like, uh, leanness for the sake of leanness, I totally understand why an athlete would want to kind of push the envelope to be as lean as they possibly can. Kate, that's so good. And it gives, gives people a great understanding when you say 10%, like that is a low number. Like if you, if you want to go below 10%, you're pushing the envelope 10%. You'll look great. You'll feel great. It's you, you can maintain that lifestyle. So it's, it's, it's great to put it there. Like a, it, you don't have to be this crazy, crazy low percentage and the, the constant notion that you got to keep losing more and keep losing more. And that we have certain structures that our body is set with. No, one of the biggest things that I hate is people say, oh, it's, it's in my genes to be overweight or it's in my genes to be obese. No, it's not. You might not be able to get to 6% and feel really good, but you can absolutely burn fat and feel healthy doing it. So right. I, it seems yeah. like what's in your genes is like the partitioning of lean mass, right? Yes. So like some people, they can eat what seems like complete, you know, horrible diets. And for whatever reason, they maintain a reasonable lean body mass. So so that's partly genetic. Like some people don't have to exercise, I mean, and they <laughs> will still maintain muscle mass. Yeah. Um, and and so that, that part is definitely, you know, you were lucky <laughs> genetic wise. But, you know, it, what the other part of, even if you don't have these super lucky genetics, um, and even if you do, optimizing your fat burn is going to make that ratio even more optimal for you so yeah. that you, it's less effort to maintain muscle and less effort to maintain a healthy um, amount to match your calorie intake to your calorie needs. Cause that's kind of what is rarely talked about. Oh, but before I, before I get away from body composition, I should mention that for women that it's definitely um, uh, a little bit higher number. I think we think that uh, it's like 12% for women below that your fertility starts to drop yeah. from, yeah. you know, cause we're just more, we need more fat. If we're going to get pregnant, we need to have a lot of that energy to be able to create a whole new human body. So 
that's why we're just, we're, we need a little bit more fat for our fertility aspects to be optimal. Um, yeah. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and no, for sure. And it's even like the people, those people that I, that I hate that are just so physically gifted and stuff, they don't really have to do much. You worked with literally maybe the poster child of that Dwight Howard, helping him go from something like 22 candy bars equivalent a day to actually changing up his nutrition. And we talked a lot about that on our podcast prior, which if you haven't listened to me case first episode, maybe it might have been even like two years ago, go check that out. We go into complete MBA optimization, deep nutrition talk. Since we're on the fat burn fix, let's give the people what they want. The tools, this, I don't want to say secrets, but more the tactics, the, the ways to, the, start this fat burning process. Like you talked about, Hey, we're going to cut out PUFAs, not looking for the polyunsaturated fats. That's out of there. Can we, what is it? Maybe you do an ice cold shower. What are the ways to really, really fat burn fix? And we can go into the five core rules or wherever you want to go with this. Yeah. So, uh, so let's say, uh, so I do have five rules that no matter whether you are the worst fat burner on earth or the best, um, these will, help you have the best possible metabolism and the best possible, like feel the best. And so the, the, the first rule is the most important. And that is you want to stop eating all these weird PUFAs. Um, these polyunsaturated fatty acids that have blocked. If, if you are a bad fat burner, it's because you have way too high of a concentration of them right now in your body fat. And that, that uh, the effect of that is that when you try to release that uh, for for burning to provide yourselves with energy, instead of getting energy, they start producing inflammation that ends up as as heat. And so that um, getting rid of those is is like the number one thing. And so the way you do that is you stop eating them, obviously. Uh, but you have to kind of figure out where did they get into your body and how did they get into your life. And so. Um, once you start looking at labels, you will find that they're in a lot of stuff that you wouldn't have expected. And, and fortunately though, the good news is that there are a lot of equivalent products. So like I'm talking about mayonnaise and salad dressing, like most mayonnaises are going to have soy oil or canola, um, or sunflower oil is another popular one for mayonnaise. Yep. Um, but there are now mayonnaise product, mayonnaise uh, companies out there that are using avocado oil, um, and a, a couple of them are actually using real pure olive oil or coconut oil. So that's a kind of like swap out that you want to make. So you want to stop using bad bets and get good bets. And Shout when you out to Mark Sisson and Primal Foods Kitchen. Check them yes. out. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I recommend that mayo all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's like one rule. That's like the most important one. Honestly, if you really just did nothing but that, you would experience massive improvements because you'd be eating healthier fats. So you'd be having like, instead of, um, for example, oh, like a donut and coffee with um, some kind of fake creamer and there a bunch of sugar for breakfast, you might have um, like sprouted grain Ezekiel bread with uh, natural uh, butter, real butter, and um, 
uh, like avocado, like, so just avocado toast with a little extra butter or something like that. That's it. That's about three, 400 calories. And that will sustain you between your breakfast all the way to your lunch so that you don't have to have a snack or something like that. And so just like little swap outs like that. I teach people how to do that. So that's the most important one. That's why I spent the most time on that. But, um, so the number, the second rule is just don't eat big piles. Don't eat, um, carbohydrates that get into your system super fast. Get Eat carbohydrates that get into your system really slow. I call them slow digesting carbohydrates. And they are, they used to be called low glycemic index carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. That's a familiar term. So an example is like uh, beans, right? So beans versus pasta um, or sprouted grain bread versus regular white flour bread. Um, they just don't spike your insulin as much. Insulin blocks fat burn. So that's why that's the second rule. Um, Love it. Yeah. How about sweet then, potatoes? Those are on there, right? I'm, I'm addicted to sweet potatoes too. That's a low, that's a low one, right? It, it, it actually, so I would have thought that, but then I started, I know, but you know, it's, there's, it's context, context dependent, like everything in life relative though to, um, white potatoes, they, they might be just as bad, if not worse. I mean, it might depend on your microflora and all that kind of stuff, but I have been testing people with continuous glucometers and I've found that, um, that a couple people now, but these were diabetics. So they're actually, no, one was a athlete. Um, so, uh, there, the, the sweet potatoes just spiked their blood sugar, whereas the white potato didn't, it still went up, but it wasn't as high. So I don't know. We didn't get all super scientific about like how exactly how much did you have? What else was it with? We, he, they just didn't have all that information at their fingertips when I was started, when we noticed the difference. Um, but those are the questions that would make a difference. So obviously how much you have makes a difference. And if you love sweet potatoes so much that you just so can't much. control yourself around them, yeah, <laughs> maybe that's not something to have <laughs> when you're trying to lose weight. <laughs> Keep rolling. This is awesome. What's number three. I'm excited. <laughs> um, seek salt. Uh, so, uh, that is something that helps Salt is something that helps you lose weight so many ways. Like it doesn't get into your mitochondria necessarily and help you burn fat or speed up your metabolism. What it does, it helps you make healthier choices. It helps vegetables taste good. It helps you to feel full. It helps you to digest. So your digestive system works better. And it also helps your kidney retain other minerals. And so even salt consumption can literally help your metabolism directly by helping your uh, fat burn system one, your mitochondria function better because it will help you retain minerals that your mitochondria needs. So there is some, uh, some direct benefit to your Mm -hmm. fat burn aside from these peripheral, just um, about making you eat healthier making your digestive system healthier, helping you feel full faster. Salt does all those things. That's why I tell people to seek it. And And I talk about in the book, like why the idea is just a myth that salt ever was bad for your kidneys or anything. It's just another myth. Um, Great. (laughs) Keep them going. This is, I love salt on everything. Pink Himalayan sea salt. So good. Those, yeah. yeah, I'm putting, my, I'm putting salt, salt on the Brussels sprouts. I mean, that's what exactly. Why they're so good. Salt and garlic butter. You can Ugh. make broccoli taste. Uh, it be as like okay. a thing that makes you go, oh, I want that. I can't wait for that. The same okay. way that like garlic bread might be right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, I just love that garlic bread. That's one way go out to the you know my favorite pizza joint and have some of that garlic bread. But the fact is, if you 
use enough butter and salt. And if you love garlic, you can put that on just about any vegetable and it's going to taste so great. You won't believe it. All right, here's what we need to do. Last podcast, you sent me over your bone broth recipe and it was amazing. I, I made it for a long time until I until I got more on the Brussels sprouts instead of the bone broth. But hey, now I'm going to need your broccoli recipe. So after this podcast, I need that broccoli recipe. <laughs> That's so easy. You're going to like that way better than the bone broth one. I tell you, it's like, nice. <laughs> too much to make it happen. All right, keep going. We're on number four. So four is drink water, right? Yes. So yep. this is mostly to emphasize the point that water can help with weight loss because you should not be drinking soda when you're trying to lose weight. And there was just another study out that showed that even diet soda, it, it, even though there's no calories in it, it kind of screws up your appetite and your whole um, insulin sensitivity system because the sweet taste in and of itself is not a healthy thing to have happening to your taste buds multiple times a day. Like it's totally messes up your metabolism just to have that sweet taste because it makes you feel, you know, you said sugar is addicting and you then you want to have sugar every time you eat. But to have sweet taste without any calories with it apparently screws up our appetite regulation system in a whole different fundamental way because that's not natural. We never had sweet taste with no calories or no nutrition or anything. So drink water, not soda, not juice, not, um, you know, Jamba juice, not, uh, not even smoothies, just drink water. If That's where our, we should get our hydration. You can drink milk if you're having a meal, <laughs> but uh, especially between meals, you definitely, a lot of people don't realize, but um, if you have calories between meals, you are blocking your fat burn dramatically. It's terrible, terrible. There's no, that's why I say there's no such thing as a healthy snack. And in the first part of the fat burn fix, the first fix really involves helping you. If you have a snacking habit, helping you recognize and treat it. Um, and then of course, we all know water kind of, if you have it with a meal, it kind of helps you digest your meal, helps you feel full, helps you slow down. So it has all those well-known benefits. Um, yeah. Okay. Personal question here. This I'm scared to know this answer. What about Zevia with, with natural Stevia? Right. Okay. So that is a great way to get you to, uh, have more of something else that's good for you. So what am I talking about? So if you kind of have a sweet tooth, um, Yes. you 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 want to kind of ratchet down your sweet intensity and you can do it at the same time as you ratchet down your sugar consumption with zedia but you can't add it to water you can't have it as like a, a zero calorie thing by itself um and and really be helping yourself the way to use it is by adding it to something that just isn't quite tasty to you right now. So for example, a lot of people have um, yogurt that they buy these flavored yogurts and they're fat free and there's just blasts with sugar. And so one of the things that I tell people to do is a very simple, easy breakfast or lunch is you just get regular whole milk, plain yogurt, no sweetener in there and put stuff in it that you like. So if you like coconut flavors and put some um, unsweetened coconut flakes in there, if you like blueberries, put a like a small handful of blueberries in there. If you like almonds, throw some almonds on top of that. And if that still is too sour, then you can put a couple of drops of that stevia in there. 
Same thing with like coffee. Like if you have a lot of cream in your coffee and you're going from somebody who used to load up on like the, the Dunkin' Donuts, super mega sweet calorie bomb, um, caramel flavor, you know, all that stuff. People don't think that there's any calories in that. Those things are loaded with loaded. calories. They've got like 30 calories per, like I mean, more than you would think is physically yeah. possible to squeak into a teaspoon. So, and it's all the worst stuff. It's, it is a lot of hydrogenated vegetable oils and sugar. So if you're going from that and you want to just put some half and half in your coffee instead, you might need a little drop of stevia. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, okay. I'm, I'm, that's a good answer. I, I can live with that. I can live with that. How about, oh. number, how, how about number five? Let's finish up these five core rules to fixing the fat burn. So that is smart supplementation. So I want people to supplement with vitamins and minerals first and foremost, before you start getting into any other kind of like, you know, supplement. And there's like a bazillion things you could supplement with. And I'm not sure that any of them or very many of them at least are smart. So start first with vitamins and minerals, because frankly, most people do not eat a very balanced diet. And even, you know, I, I talk about baby steps and it's, it's hard to totally balance out your diet. So we have the ability now we have the technology. Let's just take advantage of the fact that we have vitamins and minerals. But I, so I recommend very simple forms of them. I don't like recommend like my proprietary blend or anything wacko. I just recommend just get, try to get hundred percent of the RDA of stuff. And I, t I tell you exactly what you need and give you a few brands of what to do, how to do that. And then you should supplement with stuff that is not part of our diet anymore. Like, so if you do not like yogurt or get any other probiotic rich foods, maybe you should consider a probiotic supplement. Um, if you do not want to make bone broth, um, maybe you should consider uh, like a, a, a collagen supplement or a bone broth sort of supplement um, the, to get that into your body, right? So if you don't like liver, you can actually supplement with liver in the form of a pill. You don't have to have to taste liver once. Um, it's all dehydrogenated or dehydrated and um, encapsulated. So you don't taste anything, but you still get a lot of the benefits as you would from eating liver. Those are the four pillars that I talk about in deep nutrition that give you the, the real super foods. So those are smart supplements. And the rest of the supplement world um, is, is maybe, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's a lot of hype. Mm -hmm. Yep. So good. I might be a weird person, but I love liver. I love the collagen that you get in bone broth and just gnawing on bones and meat. So, okay, this is just, this is such a good podcast. Like not only are you helping so many people, but you're making me feel even better about myself when I'm eating. <laughs> yes. All right. As, as we wind down here, is there anything else in the book that we haven't gone over that you think is very important for people to know? I mean, this is un like, if you're not ordering the book after this podcast, you hear this, there's, I mean, there's something wrong with you. Either you don't want to be healthy or know how to burn fat. I, I don't know, but is there anything else? Important. I, yeah, there is actually. I'm so glad you asked because, cool. um, you know, I'm a doctor, a family practice doctor, and um, I treat people with diabetes and I treat people with prediabetes. And before you get diabetes, you get prediabetes, right? That yep. seems obvious. But before you get prediabetes, you get this thing called insulin resistant, uh, insulin resistance. And um, that is a consequence of not being able to burn your body fat. That's a consequence not of eating too much carbs or eating just too much in general. There was no such thing as type 2 diabetes on this planet Earth until there were all these seed oils. So wow. these, these seed oils and having these things in your body fat, it doesn't just impair your energy and your four fat burn systems. It gives you diabetes. It is what gives you diabetes. And if you want to not get diabetes... You don't have to necessarily be like 
a zero carb person or go on a keto diet, you have to, you have to do something about the fact that you are probably eating a lot of these seed oils right now and just swap that out for healthy fats. You don't have to cut out all carbs. I do recommend getting a handle on a sweet tooth if you have one and, you know, not exposing yourself to too much food. Like if you want to lose weight, especially too much food that you can't control yourself around. Like we talked about sweet potatoes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, so, but it's about not getting diabetes. And the, the fact is we now know, and maybe your doctor doesn't know this yet, but a lot of doctors who study diabetes, they realize that everything is connected to diabetes. And when I say everything, I mean cancer. I mean, like we all knew that kidney disease and blindness and amputation and easy infections were part of diabetes. But now we're understanding that part of the type 2 diabetes equation is seriously cancer and autoimmune diseases like lupus and degenerative nerve diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. And even multiple sclerosis is is part of, you are, if you got that disease, you are actually on what I call the diabetes spectrum. So even if you don't have prediabetes, you have insulin resistance, and even before that, you've got something called hypoglycemia. So I, I talk about that. And that's what I, my goal as a doctor is to keep people healthy and to reverse their diseases even, so not just to help them lose weight and get off diabetes drugs. I want them, if they have lupus, I want them to not have lupus. If they were diagnosed with breast cancer, I want to make them cancer proof. And the way to do that is to optimize your fat burn. I mean, I know it sounds like almost like I'm saying a fat burn is the answer to everything. Well, hello, none of these diseases were a problem. Type two diabetes was not a thing until 1938. Yeah, people got cancer, but they did extreme stuff like work in mines and you know breathe arsenic or work with radiation and smoke like chimneys. <laughs> now people yeah. are getting cancer, lung cancer. They don't, they never smoked a cigarette in their life. So something has changed, and what it is is we can't burn our body fat. We got the wrong type of stuff in our body fat, and so if you fix that, you fix your life. Okay, you're amazing. Like that is that's, I mean that goes far far beyond anything of just burning fat to feel good or look good. Like that's life and death stuff. And that's so powerful to be able to have control over that. Thank you. You're like, how can we all follow you? How can everybody out there just follow everything that you're doing? And I'm assuming the book is, it is on Amazon presale. It comes out March 24th. Is that correct? That's correct. So the, the easiest website to get to is fatburnfix.com, F-A-T-B-U-R-N fix.com. And that'll link you to my own personal website um, and how to find out about the other books I wrote. But um, yeah, so you can actually, if you go to fatburnfix.com, you can take the fat burn quiz that's in the book and find out what kind of a fat burner you are, find out where you stand in terms of your metabolic health. I'm going to do that right after this and then make the broccoli with your recipe. So I've got the rest of my afternoon is tied down here while we're in this, while we're in this Armageddon, I've got plenty of frozen broccoli that uh, I'm set up for years. Uh, (laughs) And and on Instagram, social media. Yeah. So, um, we should probably put those in the the show note links. It's it's Dr. Kate Shanahan on, on both of those D R C A T E S H A N A H A N. Yes. How do you spell all that? Is it Kate with a K? Is it doctor spelled out or is it D R? So it's D R C A T E and no double N's in Shanahan. Got it. Perfect. (laughs) And the last question I have for you on this 1% podcast, and you definitely are, what does being a one percenter mean to you? 
I think if, uh, if more than anything else, it means that I'm self-sufficient. Like I know if I were to live my ideal life, I would be right now, um, having access to my own, like, food, right? I just, yep. I'm so into food. I want to know, exa- I want to have the best of the best. Money cannot buy better tasting cheese. Only access to better tasting yeah. cheese can buy better tasting cheese. And so I would I'd probably be in France or somewhere where they, they do nothing but make the best tasting <laughs> cheese that their way their parents have made it for thousands of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. I've been to Brie, I've been to Brie, France, and I know what you're talking about. So it's about living life, right? I mean, to me, like having access to that best food and celebrating it and all the knowledge behind it and everything, that's, to me, that's like living a best life. Okay, amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you for writing the Fat Burn Fix and just thank you for all you do for increasing people's health and just literally changing lives. We need more of you out there and I know you're over on the East Coast, but when you come back out here to LA, we do have some decent food options, healthy food <laughs> options. I don't know about Brie France cheese, but we'll go, <laughs> we'll go find something. So thank you so much for coming on the 1% Podcast, Kate. Thank really you. appreciate it. Thanks, T, for having me again. It's really, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening to the 1% Podcast. Seriously, it means a ton to me. Time is the most valuable asset we have, and you are spending it with me. Thank you. And thank you for being the light you are to so many people in your life. Remember, no matter where you are or what you do, you have the chance to change someone's life daily. A smile, just listening to someone, even the smallest of small things, can change someone's entire perspective on life. Impacting one person's life can impact millions. And if you have a quick 30 seconds after this podcast and could leave a review, that would be amazing. That helps me to be able to continue to bring on great guests to this podcast. But if you don't have the time either, no biggie. Tell a friend, tell a family member, share this with someone you think could benefit from listening. And if you want, post what you learned from this episode up on Instagram. Tag me at davidnurse5. As each month, I'm going to pick a winner from the people who leave reviews and tags on Instagram. I'm sending them super swag one percenter gear. And I'm also going to be sending out my first book, Pivot and Go, coming super, super soon. But it is on presale today, right now. You can go get yourself a presale. Be one of the first with a discounted price. Check it out at davidnurse.com or go to Amazon where you can search all books all over the place and you can order it there. It's on presale today. Remember, the best gifts are gifts that can change someone's life. Thank you so much for being who you are. Feel more than free to reach out to me on Instagram at any time. I answer everyone back. I am always here for you. Have a great week. And remember, pour into yourself 1% daily so you can pour into others 1% every single day.